Welcome to Should Have Bet More, presented by Go Boys. Coming up on the pod today, Jason Weingarten is going to be joining us, professional sports better. Get all of his thoughts on NFL awards, futures, anything he's betting. Maybe we'll talk some baseball with him. He's always betting crazy stuff. So excited to talk to Jason. But we start, obviously, with football and what a night it was. The Christmas games, boy, it's it's funny. Two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs and the Eagles, I think we can, at least I can write them off as contenders and the team we thought was the Super Bowl favorite. And they still are by the odds. The 49ers lay a total egg. So it's hard not to look at the playoff picture, the Super Bowl picture, a little differently today than you did this time yesterday as the 49ers just take an absolute beating against the Ravens. Uh, if you had Purdy tickets like I did, you can rip those up. He's not winning the award. And, you know, you bet those at 22 to 1. Some people had them at 50 to 1, 15 to 1, whatever price you had. It's just frustrating when something's minus 200 with a couple weeks to go. And all you need to do is basically win this game. They're going to beat Washington, uh, a bad defense. They're probably going to beat the Rams, another bad defense. All you needed was to not just not only not, not blow up tonight is really what you needed. And that's exactly what happens. Lamar now the favorite minus 150. We've seen with one blow what one blow up can do. So I don't want to say Lamar is just a lock to win it. We saw Prescott have a um, you know lay an egg against the Bills last week, and then Purdy does it this week. So it's not it's not like Lamar can't have that. But as long as he plays decent, you think he's going to win the award. It's funny McCaffrey moves ahead of Purdy now, which makes sense because McCaffrey didn't come out laying egg. McCaffrey played a good game. So let's say Lamar does lay that egg or plays poorly or gets hurt or something crazy. Could you make a case finally? All right, we saw it's not Purdy. You can't throw four interceptions in a game that big that late and, and give it, and, you know, we're going to actually give it to McCaffrey. I don't know, but Lamar's rightfully favored, minus 150 now. I would expect that to go up. I, I would think he's going to be, you know, minus 200 at some point here pretty quickly. I think that minus 150 is a little short. I'm, I'm citing the lines of drafting, of course, shop around. And yeah, these are moving even in the last couple minutes since I looked. Lamar minus 150, McCaffrey plus 400, Brock Purdy six to one. And then after that, forget it. Two at 12 to one, not winning. Allen 16 to one, Dak 21. None of those guys are winning. So, uh, but the bigger picture here, bigger story here is, is the 49ers, a team we all thought was head and shoulders above everybody else. And maybe we'll look back and, you know, a month, six weeks and say, hey, they won the championship. This was a, a blip on the radar. There's some real flaws with there. I mentioned uh, doing the show, talking about the game b- before the weekend, like, hey, Arizona moved the ball up and down the field on this team. Their defense looked really soft. Looked soft again tonight. And it's funny, it was 5 nothing. 49ers. They get they throw the interception early. Here's the thing, Purdy, now when you throw four interceptions, you sound like you're making excuses. The first one was bad. After that, they were tipped. One of them, his arm was hit. But that being said, he could have thrown a couple more. But it's five nothing 49ers even after the the missed opportunity to throw the the interception in the end zone because they go back on defense they get the weird play where Lamar gets takes the safety in the end zone gets tripped by the ref get a field goal after that you're five nothing you're all right you're feeling pretty good and it was just it was all it was all Ravens from there but there are some real issues with this 49ers defense and there are some real issues with the 49ers offensive line especially when Trent Williams goes out and he and he got hurt middle of this game you just you can get pressure on them and, and when you get pressure on them I mean, that's that's everybody's kryptonite. Every great quarterback, every great offense is getting pressure and disrupting them, disrupting the timing, hitting the quarterback. And, and it's like it, it's like a pitcher with no fastball. Everything with them is underneath. It's screened. It's intermediate. And there was nothing deep. It seemed like the Ravens were just prepped for everything, sitting on everything, and, and they just sort of knew what was coming. They're jumping all these routes. They they looked so prepared. 
Uh, Shanahan's team did not look prepared whatsoever. So give the 49ers credit. If you're looking at updated Super Bowl odds, 49ers plus 225, Ravens plus 300. Not impossible. We're sitting here, you know, middle of February here, looking at a rematch. These are, I still think, the two best teams. You know, I, I don't know if you're going to say, all right, the 49ers are vulnerable. All right, well, tell me who's beating this team in the NFC because they played Philly and Philly. They won by a million. They played the, the Cowboys. They won by a million. Now, look, we've seen one day. Anything can happen. Any any given Sunday, anything can happen. But 49ers, as long as they win their next two games, the Commanders and the Rams, they're going to be the one seed. So they're going to get the bye. And then you're two home wins away from uh, getting to a Super Bowl. So I still think they're probably getting to a Super Bowl, but this idea that they're head and shoulders above everybody else, I think we we could all probably pump the brakes on that. Look, is, is there anything I'd bet in terms of the Super Bowl? No. Plus 225, am I betting that for the 49ers? No. Um, again, you, you probably, you're going to get the buy, you'll get healthy, and they're still going to be a very hard team to beat. Although, as we saw tonight, they are far from unbeatable. Offensive line, defense, there are plenty of issues. There are plenty of flaws here for this 49ers team. It's funny, the least of which I, I really don't worry about Purdy going forward. I, I, I think it's the rest of the team. Uh, I think Purdy will be fine, uh, even though he was terrible in this game against the Ravens. The other two games on Christmas, uh, the Chiefs are not winning the Super Bowl this year. The, the Eagles are not winning the Super Bowl this year. That was painful watching the Chiefs. It, uh, I mean, that was a historic sort of occurrence with the Raiders not completing a pass after the first quarter. It's still winning the game. I mean, that was so bizarre. Mahomes fumbles the snap or, or the exchange touchdown, next play, pick six. And that's all the Raiders needed. I mean, a couple runs here for first downs for the Raiders, a pass interference here or there. But other than that, uh, the Raiders just can't move the ball. Kelsey might be shot, and, and they just have, they have no juice. They have no speed. It's you know these receivers are so interchangeable. You feel like you can just get put anybody with Mahomes, and, and they'll be fine. That's been tested this year. That's been disproven this year. They just have no explosiveness. Now maybe they'll, they, I'm look. They're going to get in. They're going to win the division. Maybe they win a game. Maybe they win two. But this team's not winning four and winning the Super Bowl. And you know they've sort of followed the Patriots model where they're always they're always a high seed. They're always home with a bye where all right you need one win after the bye and then you're in the AFC title game and then another home game and you're in the Super Bowl they're going to have to play wild card weekend they're going to have to play on the road in some of these games so uh the Chiefs I'd be shocked if they're back in the Super Bowl and I'd say the same for Philly Philly just looked like a total mess if I knew Tyrod Taylor was going to be playing most of that game I would have taken the Giants plus the 14 uh this Eagle team is a mess Hurts has not played well I don't know how healthy he is so both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year, neither one of them is getting back. I, I will say that very confidently. Again, I know any given Sunday, anything can happen. Both those teams are a shell of themselves uh, in terms of last year. So that's that's pretty much the story from Christmas. All the dogs did well. I mean, if you're maybe in Todd, who's a fan of the show, uh, tweeted this at me, and it's probably a good point. These teams that were home, they're with their families, they're with their friends, they're comfortable. Uh, maybe they got a little too comfortable while these team, these road teams came in and played very well this weekend, especially these Christmas games on Monday. So definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, as far as the rest of the week, it was weird because it feels like, I mean, there were so many games. It was the Thursday game. Uh, you take a break Friday. You have the Saturday games, which uh, the Bills survive. The Bengals, Browning, that the bloom came off the rose there. Nothing crazy in terms of, you know, the Saturday games. Uh, and, and really nothing trying to think Sunday, anything notable really happened on Sunday. It, it's funny. You just feel like, you know, if you're sitting there watching all these games, you feel like you've watched football for like a week straight with, with, with the games spread out the way they were, you know, Flacco. That, that's the other thing with, with, with the awards Flacco at plus 400 has played very well the other day. He's played okay in general. 
uh, but he played very well the other day. I think at plus 400, I've been of the belief that Hamlin is going to win comeback player of the year. I am no longer that confident. I really think Flacco might be the best story here at plus 400. I, I think it's a coin flip between him and Hamlin to, uh, to win this award. So that would be my bet. If I had one bet in these awards and I'm curious what Jason thinks, I really think Flacco coming off the couch, you know, not playing for most of the year. It's really, this award is not missing. This, this award is not about the best comeback player. This award is about the best story. And there's so much room for interpretation. It's so vague. There's no guidelines. There's no criteria. Uh, I, I think Flacco at plus 400 it, it has a real chance. Everyone likes him. Everyone likes this story. Hamlin, you could say, all right, you know, he died on the field. And that's been my whole thing. Hey, nobody else died on the field. It's got to be Hamlin. Hamlin hasn't really come back. He hasn't really played. So that's a fascinating race. Just going through these scores. Seahawks, Titans, you know, Colts, Falcons. Colts finally came back down to life. Uh, the games were not great on Sunday. So, you know, that's sort of the trade-off when you have all these games spread out through the week. You end up with a weaker Sunday slate. Cowboys-Dolphins was good. Dolphins went at the buzzer. That game could have gone either way. Cowboys won a ridiculous fullback dive on, you know, get the first and goal. And that really cost them the game. It, it did. Give that, that cost them the game. And, and, you know, that possession took up half the first quarter. And you end up first and goal at the one. Your fullback fumbles. And then Miami drives along, you know, the length of the field, kicks a field goal. In a game you lose by two, a game you give away seven points, that's the difference. So uh, Patriots-Broncos was interesting, a little more high-scoring than you thought. Uh, Jags looked awful. I don't know how how healthy Lawrence is. Now he's got a shoulder. I uh, mentioned last week that he's just he's not going to be what we thought he'd be. Uh, Lions beat the Vikings. They win the division. They get back on track a little bit. Mullins was awful. So those are the Sunday games. Uh, Chiefs are not a contender. Eagles are not a contender. 49s you worry about, but you wouldn't count them out yet. So two weeks left so playoff picture is interesting awards are interesting we will discuss all of that and more with jason weingarten next this is the should have bet more podcast all right we are back should have bet more podcast i am excited to catch up with our next guest one of the best in the business the legend you hear my beast all the time jason weingarten jason what's going on man how are you What's going on? Um, not much. It's uh, Boxing Day, day after Christmas. Got a couple bowl games today, I guess. We finally get uh, get a break from the NFL after the, you know, it seemed like kind of like a nonstop week of NFL. Didn't we have like like one two days off basically and just had NFL like almost every day? Yep, third for the last week. Thursday night, nothing. Friday, couple games Saturday, bunch of games Sunday three games on Christmas on Monday. So yeah, it's basically, it, it felt like Sunday, like two or three days in a row. It, it was definitely a weird feel to the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we you mentioned Thursday, right? We had a Thursday yep. game too. I mean, it was just, it was nonstop football. Nonstop. Uh, you mentioned, um, the, you mentioned, but yeah, the it's nice. I, I really like this week. No, go ahead. Uh, I was saying, I really like this week. Cause you know, other, unless like, I don't really bet the bowl games crazy, especially the early ones. So like, kind of get a nice sort of week off not really a full week off because there's always a million things to do but it's it's nice to have a bit of a relaxed schedule yeah the bowl games it's funny if you just round robins or money line parlay these dogs these dogs have been crushing and not just covering but winning outright which i did i threw a bunch of money line underdogs in a parlay and they all hit except i threw in the over of the georgia tech central florida game it was a 720 to one parlay i, I normally wouldn't do this but i had a 25 dollars max bet that was like a boost um and the over lost all the dogs won so i'm still sort of reliving that one in my head 25 to win like 18 grand so 
That's so Ugh, fun. Frustrating. Frustrating. Let's start with awards, though, because NFL is uh, MVP is the the hot topic of the moment. Do you think there's who do you think wins? Is there anything bettable right now? Uh, we'll just start with that as Lamar minus 150, McCaffrey around three to one, Purdy around five to one, depending on where you shop. Anything to bet? Who do you think wins? Well, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like Purdy was such a heavy favorite. And then all of a sudden, the the terribleness of his performance and, you know, coupled with Lamar Jackson doing what he did, kind of flipped the market on its head. And it makes me think the the market wasn't, you know, was the market not accurate before to, to have such an adjustment based off one game? Kind of, I felt like everybody was talking about it last night. So I'm, I would like to see it sort of digest more and, and, maybe even give it another week and see what happens this next week. And, you know, you mentioned, is there value? Like, yeah, maybe Josh Allen has a crazy end to the season. Um, he finally wins an MVP. I think he's had like what three, four seasons straight of 40 touchdown passes and kind of gets no recognition. Um, you know, it's surprising. He's, he's always kind of been in the picture for MVP, but you know, maybe he makes a late run here. But other than that, I, I really can't see much outside of, you know, the obvious top choices. Um, maybe you make a case for Tyreek Hill, but otherwise it looks like uh, Jackson McCaffrey. And um, I don't know. Am I missing anybody? Purdy's definitely done it 12 to 1, right? Purdy has basically no chance to win this. I mean, if you liked him last week, you should be doubling down here. You know, like if if you – if you're one of those people, like you, you just said, you know, I wish I bet more. I, how, how many people for the last two or three weeks are holding small Brock Purdy tickets at 20 to one or, you know, whatever. And like, man, I wish I had bet a thousand bucks on that instead of a hundred bucks. Well, here's your chance to, right. to get to that number. You thought you were going to win, you know, like, right if it was only one game, but yeah, that, that ship has likely sailed, um, unfortunately. And that's, that's sometimes the unfortunate reality of futures betting is everything looks so good right until the moment it doesn't. And, you know, I did think it was an aggressive move to make him a minus 200 favorite, you know, this late in the season, but the numbers did sort of, you know, back him up until yesterday. And they were probably going to win their next two games. I mean, they're going to beat the Commanders. They're home against the Rams, who they usually do well against. Um, Are they going to beat the Rams? The You're so uh, sure about that? I mean, not after last night. Not with Trent Williams no, getting hurt. Exactly. No, I mean, that's the problem. And I, I hate that. I hate when people say that and they look at the schedule and they're just like, well, yep. they should win out. You know, they should win these games. Not that like, easy. It's the NFL. It's never – It's never. remember the 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 a couple of years ago, the Jaguars just had to beat – Whoever the Colts just or Jaguars just had to beat the Colts. Instead, we got that crazy other way around. 17. I think Colts had to beat the Jags and the Jags killed them. Colts were yeah, favored by them. 17 and the Jags won by 20 something. The Jags covered the 17, even though they were it, it was the other way around. Yep. It's yeah, exactly. I mean, it, hap it, it happens. It yeah. And there's always spots where you just look at the schedule and you're like, oh, this team's going to win out. And they don't. You know, it's the NFL. It's the nature of the beast. But there's still another twist or turn left, I think, in the uh, the the MVP. Could Tua win it if they be because they're head to head? Lamar, I mean, we've seen Dak lay an egg back to back weeks. Lamar lays uh, uh, Dak lays an egg, Purdy lays an egg. If Lamar doesn't play well against Miami and Tua plays great, can Tua steal a sword? Tua around 10 to 1 here. 
I don't think so. Um, you know, but but one thing to keep in mind with awards voting is that we react on this stuff. We react to this stuff on a weekly basis. You know, changing our rankings and saying, well, this guy's ahead of this guy now. But for a lot of voters, they don't approach it like we do on a week to week basis. They make their decision off the full body of work at the end of the season. So we're handicapping stuff. We're ha- handicapping stuff where people haven't even made their decisions yet for, for you know, in a, in a lot of cases. Um, so I always do try to keep that in mind and, you know, put my myself in the shoes of the voter and try to kind of think like if I was a, a beat writer, what I would do. But yeah, I don't know. I think two of, two of that, that ships kind of sailed. I think the, uh, the Dolphins kind of laid some eggs in some big situations, more or less. Yep, you're probably right. At the end of the day, anything you're adding here, anything, hey, I, you're betting this right now, anything, it's worth a bet. Not really, because um, NFL awards, as opposed to, you know, MLB or any other sports, you know, and mostly I focus on MLB, but but as a market, there's not so much unknown. You know, everyone talks about it. Everyone writes about it. Every show has guests on that, that do segments on it, on VEASAN and every other network. Um, there's no, I, I have no edge essentially over anybody else at this point. We're all watching the same stuff. We're all reading the same stuff. We're all regurgitating the same stuff. We're all pumping our own tickets. Right. So no, not, not really. I, I don't think there's anything I want to add at this point. I did, I did bet some Brock Purdy. I did bet some Dak Prescott was looking so good for a minute and now it's not, which again is just the, the nature of the, the beast, but I don't, I don't feel the need to uh, kind of put more money into this market. But what does interest me the most is the uh, comeback player of the year market. And we've talked about it on uh Gill show a couple times, but it, it's a market that just year in, year out is making no sense to me at this point. It's hard, and I wanted to get to that one, so let's just get to it now. Uh, it's fascinating. This is one I do think there's value on, and it's so fascinating because it's so confusing. There's no criteria. There's no guidelines. I think they should change. It's called Comeback Player of the Year, but it's really what's the best story, and boy, you can go in a million different directions with what's the best story award. Um, I think if the voting were right now, I think it'd be a coin flip between Flacco and Hamlin. I would make it, at, and maybe Baker Mayfield has an outside shot. I think Flacco still at four to one. Look, he missed the best prices, but I think Flacco four to one is still worth a shot. I actually think, you know what, 55, 45, he'd probably win just because I, I get the sense people really like this story. It's so unusual. It's so unique. He's actually playing and playing well. Hamlin obviously has his story, but he hasn't played much. Uh, is there a bet to be made right here in comeback player of the year? I don't think Flacco wins. I think right now, I think he's doing some good stuff, but I would say he probably gets two three five votes max right now and really what it what i i i you kind of hit on it there's no criteria for for the comeback player of the year like last year for example i adamantly thought nick gates should win he came back from a, a serious fracture that you know most people would never play football again let alone be a starting offensive lineman I thought that was something that deserved votes. And I remember uh, Peter King was on uh, Drew Dinsick's podcast and he mentioned that he's a voter and he voted for Nick Gates. And that made me feel really good about my bet, especially because I had, you know, a lot of money on him at 100 to 1, 200 to 1, 50 to 1, you know, every big number you could find. It was a huge bet. 
Peter King says he voted for him. I think, okay, maybe he'll get a couple more votes. Maybe we're live. Nope. Turns out that was the only vote. Um, and Peter King, he's not a nobody. I thought other, if he was, if he was voting him, I thought other people would, would kind of think, think the same, but, uh, you know, last year, Geno Smith ran away with it and he didn't even show up to accept the award, which didn't surprise me at all because I thought, you know, in Geno Smith's perspective, it would be super embarrassing to show up and get this award and be on stage at this NFL award show and everybody's clapping for you. Like, what are they clapping for? They're clapping because you didn't suck. You know, like it was just such a stupid situation all around the fake award that he didn't deserve in the first place last year. Um, and it's like, yo, are you bitter about Nick Gates? No, not really. I just, I think this whole criteria on this argument is stupid. And we spent this whole season, this season, you know, Tamar Hamlin's the favorite. He's played like three games, said one tackle, you know, you want to make the argument that he's coming back from, from, from the dead, literally like he died on the field and, He's made it back. I, I'm totally with you. Um, personally, I think the Bills would have cut him by now if they didn't think it would have been a, a sort of PR disaster because, you know, you remember the NFL is not – there's no – there's you know, Tim Tebow doesn't make the, the roster in the NFL just because he's Tim Tebow. There's they don't, they, You don't get a job just because you're special or because you're – you know, you earn your jobs in the NFL for the – for the most part, unless you're a first round pick, maybe I, I can't imagine why they're keeping him on the roster when he doesn't contribute and he's inactive every week. And, um, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's, it's just a PR thing for the most part. Uh, maybe he resumes his career next year, but the lifespan of NFL players in general is pretty short. So, you know, I think we've basically seen the end of DeMar Hamlin one way or the other after this season. So giving him the comeback player of the year award, like, sure. I, I mean, you can totally use that argument. Oh, we came back from the dead and, and you're not wrong, but there's plenty of other guys who have legitimate cases and Flacco, I guess is one of them. It's, it's kind of impressive. I don't think he should necessarily win comeback player of the year, but I do think uh, coach of the year for Stefanski, you know, kind of making uh, chicken salad out of a bunch of chicken shit with, uh, you know, DTR and Flacco and uh, losing Nick Chubb and everything. I think I think there is a, a valid case for Stefanski to win uh, Coach of the Year more than Flacco uh, comeback player. But you're right, the criteria is kind of stupid. And you know, I personally, I've I've made the case a couple times. I think John Mechie on on Texas is worth like like he's coming back from cancer and he's not even like getting talked about. Not even listed like, at DraftKings. He's not even listed, and he's coming back from cancer. I just think that's disrespectful. Like Aaron Rodgers, he's like he was like four to one, unbelievable, and he never even took a snap. And people bet that you know that that's kind of one of the things about these futures and the things we talk about. And you know, sometimes you're speculating, but I'm sure some people piled into that Aaron Rodgers number. You know, a month or two months ago, when there was a narrative that he might come back and. Books were happy to take that money, not not that they shouldn't have, but you know it's just dead money. And there's so many just dead dead numbers and dead money in these pools. I mean, I think like end of the day, Demar Ham Hamlin wins, but does he deserve it? I don't know. I don't want to say no because he literally came back from the dead. But um, you know, I think there are other guys who deserve consideration. Is what I'm saying. 
it'd be a fascinating vote again if they voted today i mean i wouldn't be shocked if hamlin won wouldn't be shocked if flacco won i think i'd probably think flacco again this is i it's important with awards to take your own opinion and be like oh i would give it to flacco i would give it to this well i don't have a vote i'm just trying to read the room here in terms of like who they want to give it to i I don't have a great feel but i I think it would be between one of those two guys i wouldn't be shocked if either guy won that's what i'm saying like don't don't you know, sometimes I put things in the context of what I want to happen and what my bets are. Right. Um, I do have a little bit of money on Hamlin. Nothing crazy, but I assume he's going to win. So if he wins, that's great. If he doesn't win, you know, it's just another future I lose. But I don't know. I, I just think it's a stupid market overall. It's, it needs it needs clarification because, you know, I, I, I mean, like you can't have Geno Smith showing, not showing up to accept his award for not sucking and you know, I don't know. There's a lot of narrative stuff here. And put yourself in the shoes of the voters, all I'm saying. Yep. Uh, th- there's been big movement in the coach of the year. I hadn't checked these till just now. You mentioned Stefanski. It's, it's Dan Campbell and Stefanski, basically both co favorites around two to one. Then Steichen plus 650, McDaniel plus 650, D'Amico Ryan's plus 750, Kyle Shanahan, who I thought was very live, all the way down to 12 to one after that last night. John Harbaugh up to 12 to one. McVay's 20 to one. Is there a bet to be made right now at these numbers? McVeigh at 20 is probably the bet. Uh, you got Campbell, Stefanski, McVeigh. I think those are your three in, in the NFC. Like, you might have to give it to Campbell um, just because the Lions are number one seed. You know, that's sort of unbelievable. The the roar has been restored, like they uh, like they say on Twitter. But I don't I know. I mean, you can make cases. The 49ers, uh, they're currently the one seed. Are, no, I think I think some a couple things have to happen. You're right. Um, but it's possible that they 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 win out. And... They got to beat Dallas. They need San Francisco to lose a game. So it's it's not likely, but it's possible. It's and I think possible. that would. Yeah. I mean, but McVeigh, I think that you know McVeigh's doing some pretty good stuff when you consider the way the Rams roster is constructed and they rely so much on on rookies and undrafted free agents and you know random guys to kind of fill out the the positions between the stars like. He's doing a good job working with the stuff he has, putting them in a position to uh, to make the playoffs. Like maybe they beat the Rams and it pushes him sort of, you know, over over the line with a playoff appearance. Stefanski, I think he's already won twice before. Am I am I making he won that up? once? He won... he won in the COVID year in 2020. So I mean, giving it to him twice in whatever three or four years, I don't know that they'll do that. Even though he's no, no, but I'm years. saying he he hasn't already won twice. He only has won, he won once. One. He's only yeah, okay. he's only been a head coach for three or four years, and he won it because I, I won. I, I won with him Me the too. year. I, I had money on him the year he won. I just wasn't sure if it was a if he's already a one or two time winner. But yeah, that's the thing is, is he going to win twice in essentially like three four years? That's probably not. It's not unprecedented or unheard of, especially when you kind of look back at the coach of the year voting, but a. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's unright, unlikely. Um, you know, I think narrative wise, Dan Campbell, probably still the guy. If the lions close out strong, if they get the one seed, I think it's, it's basically gotta be him. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anything for this week, you bet. I know the, the line is just starting to pop up. Anything Super Bowl, NFL lines for this week, Any, anything else in terms of football that you're betting um, that you have your eye on? Is there value in terms of like a Super Bowl future? Would you jump in on any of these teams right now or the prices are pretty much right? I kind of want to bet the Rams to win the NFC. I know it's stupid. I know it's not going to happen, but I'm trying, you know, 30 to one when, exactly. at, at this point in the season, at this point in the season, if you're betting team futures, you know, to win the conference, to win the Super Bowl, 
you got to focus on the teams you think are going to get in the playoffs. You know, um, we obviously know the top of the board for both of the, the conferences, but you're looking at like, you know, teams five, six, and seven, essentially who, who can you make a case for uh, at the best number? And I think the Rams, they've been there before the, the coaching staff, the quarterback, the skill players, um, they're not, you know, not a hundred percent healthy right now, but you get Aaron Donald healthy. You still have Matt Stafford. You have Cooper cup. You have Puka Nakua all of a sudden you have a running game. Still a lot of things got to break your way. You got to win, you know, three games and, and then the Super Bowl essentially still, but um, crazier things have happened. So I don't know. I mean, would you rather trying to see what are, what are, what are the odds I got right here for, the I'm NFC, I see. to one at DraftKings could probably do better. I don't know. Maybe. maybe yeah. Um. That that's not a terrible number. That, no. That's that's actually probably probably decently high for the the division or for the for the conference. But like when you look at the favorites, Eagles three and a half to one or so. The 49ers around even money. Uh, Cowboys five, Lions eight. Like the Rams could beat the Lions. Sure. Sure. You know, like yeah. I'm not saying it's. You know, it's more more often than not the Lions probably win, but like you're not going to convince me to bet the Lions to to win the Super Bowl. I've I've seen Jared Goff in big games, and he gets the deer in the headlines look, and he's still the same dude to me. Like I'm I'm not you're not you're not selling me on the Lions, um, you're not selling me on the Cowboys after the last couple games, 49ers. I mean, here's your chance kind of to buy low on the 49ers, but I don't know. I'm narrative kind of changed on them last night. So I don't know. Give me the Rams. That's, that's my, my play here is give me the Rams to get in the, the, the playoffs and let's, let's see them make a run. Yeah. I mean, if they, and it's very likely we're looking at Stafford versus the Lions. not likely, but it's very possible. We're looking at Stafford versus the Lions. Lions haven't had a whole playoff game in 30 years. It'd be funny if Stafford comes marching in their building, that line wouldn't be a touchdown. It'd probably be, over a field goal, under a touchdown, five, six, something like that. So, I'm yeah, just that- like I'm just saying, like if if the Lions don't get if the Lions don't get that buy, you get a Rams Lions first round wild card game in Detroit. Lion, uh, uh, Rams are going to be a dog. You know how big of a dog are they going to be? Not not great. They're going to be like you know, five or six, be like six points. Yeah. Yep, with you, totally you with know. you. So give me, give me, you know, in that hypothetical game, I'm all over the the Rams. I, I can't wait for that game. It's funny because, you, you know, people might be listening. Oh, Rams at 31. That'll never happen. This is a year where the Diamondbacks and the Rangers played in the World Series, which before the playoffs, that was like 300 to one, something just absolutely insane. The Miami Heat made the finals. I think they were 100 to one to make the finals, something crazy like that. Uh, hockey, we got a crazy, who is the Florida Panthers made it as the eight seed. They were 100 to one. Florida Atlantic made the final four. So I don't know if it's the new era of sports where crazy things happen. There's more rounds, there's more planes, there's just more parody, but crazy stuff happens. Let me ask you, do you think that's a, a coincidence? Do you think it's not a coincidence that we've seen all these crazy things happen in the last calendar year or so, just in terms of these teams making runs? Is it parody? Is it the extra rounds? Is it all of the above? Uh, I mean, I can, I can't really speak for the, the NBA because I, I, I'm not as, familiar with the way things work and playoffs and everything. And I know that they haven't changed their playoff format significantly in the last couple of years, but 
Um, anytime you get expanded playoffs, which we've had in both baseball and the NFL um, in the last couple of years, the goal of expanded playoffs is to create more variance, essentially. Um, give the teams that get in, you know, a better chance to win. And, and in baseball, you know, I guess it's it's pro ownership because it allows them to keep the salaries down when you know, you know, you could still make the playoffs with 85 wins as opposed to 90 or 95 or needing to win your division. Um, you could still kind of backdoor it. It, it keeps cost down essentially across the league so uh expanded playoffs are sort of a pro ownership thing i'm always like like i'm always advocating for returning to smaller playoff fields because it makes the regular season more meaningful but the reality is once you expand you never kind of give up those games because of the the value to the the tv contracts and the streaming and whatnot so you never get less playoffs. You you always get more because more means more money, but it it does devalue the you know the sort of advantages there once were. Especially when you look at the NFL. We're you know we're talking more about football than baseball today, but when you look at the NFL, going from two buys to one is huge. It creates the value of that buy. You know, going from two teams to one teams is so much more valuable now. Uh, Cause that's the only, the only chance you get is that extra week of recovery. It's that is worth so much more over the course of the season, knowing that only one team gets that per conference and two, you know, I, I don't like it, but that's just the way it is. Before we bounce baseball, you're a big Dodgers guy. They get Otani, they get Yamamoto. Uh, I'm not seeing a lot of win totals up. I saw they were reposted somewhere. Maybe Caesars had a one Oh four and a half. Um, there's some awards up MVP and Cy Young. If you look offshore, there's, there's some league leaders, but nothing crazy up yet. Uh, how many, what's your take on the Dodgers getting all these guys? I, I think, look, if you're mad about it, you're just mad. Your team's not doing it. How many games did the Dodgers win? And just, just your general take here, Otani and Yamamoto going to the Dodgers. I think the, uh, the people upset with the Dodgers, you know, don't, really point out the amount of money they send to to the non-competitive teams via the the sort of baseball welfare collective um you know all the all the stuff they do with the revenue sharing so not only are they paying their payroll but they're sending money to cincinnati and oakland and you know miami and everybody else who's who's not as competitive as they are so you know obviously baseball has some structural problems between the the large ownership groups and the smaller ones but you know, that's just, just the way the world works. You know, if, if you can't compete with the Dodgers, sell your team to somebody who wants to, because there's plenty of people who have lots of money and want to buy teams. The problem with that is then you start to get into, you know, well, what if Saudi Arabia wants to come and buy a team and spend a billion dollars and put together a super baseball team? Because that's thing that might happen sooner than later i think it was kind of pretty obvious that otani was going there all along and then we got some sort of speculation with the blue jays and everything and people kind of ran with that but um you know i i kind of think that everything fell into place that the dodgers were always likely the most the most realistic landing spot especially when you consider sort of the behind the scenes factors like you know otani's been training at driveline dodgers have a ton of driveline people on either their payroll as consultants or, you know, who they've hired who work in their front office is he had his uh, arm surgery done by the Dodgers surgeon, you know, where else would you go and recover 
then the organization that employs your trainers, your analytics people, your doctor, you know, all that stuff, like it added up and he got the deal he wanted. He gets the legacy that he can't necessarily get in Toronto. Obviously he could have got that with the Yankees, maybe a little less with the Mets, but you can't really compete with the Dodgers, especially when you kind of consider LA has the most Japanese people outside of any, any city um, outside of Japan. So, you know, where else was he likely going to end up? Um, then Yamamoto, I think, you know, he kind of flirted with the other teams. And obviously you need to kind of see what the market's at before you just sign with the Dodgers. But once Otani signed, where else was he going to sign? And now the Dodgers have this pipeline to to the Japanese national team. And they'll likely be the favorites for uh, Roku Sasaki when he uh, he makes the jump over. And he'll be the next half a billion dollar baseball player or whatever when he signs with the Dodgers and Dodgers are probably going to win a couple championships. If they don't, it'll go down as one of the largest failures in, in the history of baseball, but they position themselves to, to be this juggernaut and you know, now they are, and they can, they can still add anybody they want. They, they went out and got glass now and everything. And the next free agent that wants to come to the Dodgers, the, the Dodgers will accommodate it if it makes them better. So um, good luck to everybody else in baseball. You're uh, you know, I saw, I saw a tweet said the, uh, the Dodgers are playing chess and the Mariners are playing Candyland. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of sort of how I feel about what the Dodgers are doing versus what a lot of the other baseball teams are doing. They, and, you know, again, you just can't compete with what the Dodgers are doing when they have infinite money. Um, but there's a lot of teams out there that are essentially kind of playing Candyland while the Dodgers are assembling weapons of mass destruction. Last few minutes or so, anybody on your eye, anybody on your radar for rookie of the year, MVP, you're always good with these rookie of the year guys that a, a lot of us haven't heard of that you, you, you know, you're familiar with, you got their baseball cards and anything, anything awards that's going to be on your radar coming up here. For, well, for so the, 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 the thing last year was, it was a real top heavy year. You know, Gunnar Henderson was the preseason favorite. Gunnar Henderson won. Corbin Carroll was one of the preseason favorites. He ran away with it. Uh, what happens this year? I, I don't know yet. It's still far too early to, you know, start start making a lot of those uh, decisions. And then the the thing is, in my sort of time frame, I always kind of get back into baseball the week or so after the Super Bowl. But it seems like futures go up earlier and earlier. So I do have to be prepared, you know, three weeks from now, four weeks from now, as opposed to six weeks from now, seven weeks from now. For rookie of the year, I know uh, Jackson uh, Jackson Trio is going to be given every opportunity to make the Brewers out of camp. He signed one of those you know extensions to buy out his Arbiers. He's one of those dudes. He can be the next big thing. Um, next Nineteen or twenty, prospect. right? Real young. Yeah, he's he's real young. Um, great, great player. Future, you know, sort of centerpiece of of the the Milwaukee offense going forward. Jackson holiday, the, uh, the Orioles number one pick last year who kind of rocketed through the uh, minors and ended the year at triple a, I expect he's going to need just the amount of time at triple a to stall his service clock. 
He's going to have to go to AAA and work on a few things, as they say, right until the middle of May, the end of May, and he'll be up and immediately in the race the day he's up. Uh, Jason Dominguez, he would have been one of the favorites, but he has the uh, surgery, Tommy John. So, you know, unfortunate for him, but, you know, now with Soto, you got Soto, Dominguez, Judge. That's a pretty, pretty cool outfield if, if, if they're all healthy at, at the same time later in the season. All right, Jason. Always a pleasure, man. We'll have to do this again soon. It was fun catching up. Uh, let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on uh, I'm on Vison with Gil a couple times a week, usually like uh, Wednesdays and Fridays right now. Um, otherwise, other than that, you just find me on Twitter. It's Spreadopedia. And uh, I don't know. I'll be around. When baseball starts, I'll be more around. But, uh, you know, it's kind of nice right now. Like I said, you get some time off, get some some days off right now with uh, without any baseball going on. All right, Jason. Appreciate you coming on, man. We'll do this again soon. Sounds good to me. All right, that'll do it. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten for joining us. We'll be back later in the week, either Thursday or Friday. We'll probably do two, at least two, if not three of these a week. So I uh, hope you guys are enjoying them. Don't forget to rate review subscribe tell a friend tell anyone so we will see you later in the week thanks for listening